0: Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uytaki, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth, We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yotaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 94. We are rolling along. We're back on the schedule with uh, getting, create, uh, getting creating content consistently for you guys, so I, I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Uh, but today, I'm really excited to bring on a friend of mine, a guy that I got to know uh, through Leadership Tulsa and... Uh, If you've noticed a theme over some of the past podcasts that we've done before, we've had a couple of Leadership Tulsa people in on the podcast. We had Wendy, who is the executive director for uh, Leadership Tulsa. We had Jeff Wilkie, who was uh, he's on the board and he's really involved uh, with YBT. And uh, today we have somebody who is a classmate with me for uh, Leadership Tulsa. And and that's a program that uh, that I did last year uh, and just recently graduated from and really enjoyed it, really got to know my city a little bit better and also got to know some of the the emerging community leaders uh, in Tulsa. And so if uh, you're in the Tulsa area, I really encourage you to check it out. If you're not in Tulsa, I encourage you to see if there's a a comparable type program that's helping to develop leaders, uh, connect them with their city, connect them with uh, everything that's going on in their community. Because once you have a better understanding of what's going on, your community, you can be a lot more effective in your community. So with that, I want to introduce Brandon. Brandon Oldham serves as program director on the vibrant and inclusive team for the George Kaiser Family Foundation. Prior to joining the foundation, Brandon served the University of Oklahoma as Assistant Director of Student Life, and more recently, the City of Tulsa as Mayoral aide to Mayor G.T. Bynum. He's a first-generation college graduate. He earned a bachelor's degree in public relations and a master's in education from the University of Oklahoma Boomer Sooner. But uh, with that, Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience, and if you don't mind, uh, tell them a little bit more about yourself.
1: Yeah. Hello, everyone. So glad to be here. Thanks a lot for for the time, Evan. This is it's a great opportunity to connect with some some of these young business leaders trying to make some some really great things happen, not only here in Tulsa, but really around the country, see how we can we can do our best to push this thing to to levels that we haven't seen before.
0: Well, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited to have you on today. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on was just as I've gotten to know you and as I've kind of uh, learned about you, I was just blown away uh, by your leadership journey. I mean, there's so much that's kind of happened in your life to get you to the point where you are today. You said that you're a first generation college graduate, and I think that's Mm -hmm. huge. Um, And and, and for some people, um, maybe they're in that uh, that, that, that point of their life where they're like, man, I really do want to pursue college, but nobody in my family's done it. And yeah, so you've yeah, you've been yeah. that kind of trailblazer for them. And so if, if you don't mind, can you, can you give a little bit of your backstory, a little bit of, of your life story in terms of, um, how you became that person in your family to create a lot of firsts for, for, yeah. for you and for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like you said, I'm, I'm a native Tulsa here, grew up on the North side of Tulsa, which, for all intensive purposes, is one of the under underserved, underrepresented, underrepresented uh, communities here in Tulsa. Um, and it it really started kind of early. You know, I I remember one of the earliest memories in in like second grade. Uh, all of my friends would always talk about, you know, Brandon, you're the one that's I'm I'm going to be the one that's going to going to go to do something. You know, uh, we didn't really talk about college back then. All we all we really knew was like basketball and shoes (laughs) and so (laughs) uh, it wasn't so much about going to college but everyone just told me like you know you're going to be the one that's going to do something um and then later in my uh I'd say probably in middle school my family just they just continued to lean on me for different things and it was one of those uh, I look back on now it's you take on the responsibility and you you really get strong enough to carry it before it crushes you and so my family would kind of give me different responsibilities and without even thinking twice about it you know i just try to figure out how to do it how to work up to it and um i remember going to visit some of my family members in oklahoma city Uh, i have some some uncles and cousins that live there and we went to oklahoma city and um one of my older cousins was he was getting ready to go to college and that was the first time i've been introduced to this idea of college you know for me i was just like, oh, we. You, you get a job after you graduate from high school. You know, that was just kind of what we talked about and it was never this big education push. And so um so that was something I became interested in. Um continued to, to work hard in school and listen to to mentors, teachers, I always kind of sought out those coaches and, and things like that who I noticed they were trying to trying to build something in me or or trying to really part wisdom. And I was very interested in that. And so I took a a liking to that and just really searching out and asking questions. Um, I told my mom I wanted to go to uh Duke University at the time and I had fallen in love with uh Duke Ooh, basketball. Nice. <laughs> and so I wanted to go to Duke University. And so uh I started started that was that was kind of my first, you know, goal, if you will, when it comes to college. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to Duke. Started uh, submitting paperwork to get into their uh their early, I think they called it early talent program or something like that. And I submitted everything, you know, this is like seventh grade. I submit all these things and sure enough I was accepted and I got, I was just blown <laughs> away by that. that Congratulations. I, that's you know, awesome. Thank you. Uh, but what I quickly found out is uh, it costs a lot of money to go to Duke University. <laughs> <laughs> and so after I got that price tag, it was a sticker shock. And I was like, there's no way I can, can think of doing anything like this to my family and so without talking to anyone I just declined it um I, I couldn't do it I, I was completely freaked out about like I said it just the sticker shock about of, of, uh, how much that that costs um so from there continued to work and at that point uh people had really started to continue this notion um that I was gonna do something that brandon you were the one, you you're the one that's gonna do something uh and so it, that's, that's just the way it, it, it just kind of continued to unfold you know I remember in high school being being pushed in not only on the court, but like off the court by coaches. And, you know, my coach was one of those, one of those coaches, he'd tell, you you know, if if he's not yelling at you, then that means he really doesn't believe, <laughs> it, believe in you. So I took, I took very much to, you know, his stern you know, coaching tactics. And then off the, the court, there were so many, so many teachers who um, just really influenced me. Um, One in particular, she went to UT, and so she would always talk to me about Texas, uh, and I just did not want to go to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I started started looking at other schools and um, looked around, and one day a college recruiter came and actually pulled me and one other student out of class, and he told us, uh, you know, he said, did you know right now, you know, without doing anything else, you can get automatic admission right now into the University of Oklahoma, and a scholarship based on your grades right now. And I was like, "Really? Wow!" And so that was that was one of those things where I was like, "Okay, let's let's do this." You know, bird in the hand is is better than than you know these other possibilities. I just butchered this thing Two and two in the bush. Yeah, bird in the, in the hand is better than two in the bush. I got gotcha. you. So bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, and uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, let's do this." And I, I went down to campus and. You know, kind of the rest is is history from there.
0: That's awesome. Well, there's I think there's a lot if you kind of read in between the lines in that. And I think the first Mm -hmm. thing is that I that people saw something inside of you that I don't think you even saw inside of yourself at first. I think I think that you were motivated by it, but I think ultimately there was definitely People around you, like you said, mentors and teachers, that they were they were seeing glimpses of something inside of you that maybe you didn't even know that was in there yet. And So I think the the first kind of my first takeaway from that is is when you have those people around you that are seeing that stuff, don't don't doubt yourself. They're they're saying that for a reason. They they're they're they've seen that before, if, if you mm-hmm, will. Mm-hmm. And so when they recognize those traits and they recognize that drive and, and even your family, I mean, you know, for you being first generation is huge, but second of all, for them to even say, okay, we, we know that we didn't graduate from college or we didn't even go to college, yeah. but if there's going to be someone to do it, it's going to be Brandon. And we believe uh, that because of X, Y, and Z. And so yeah, I think I, you, you got to lean into those things when people see that stuff inside of you.
1: I completely agree. Uh, I, I, oh man, it's, it's one of those where, um, uh, I, you know, I break it down sometimes to access. So you you can aspire to what it is that you've seen. And so mm-hmm. I hadn't seen a lot, you know, just to, as far as where my family was, our so- socioeconomic status, um, I hadn't seen a lot. And so for me, my aspirations were huge, but I didn't know what I could aspire, aspire to be. And so I just knew that there was something out there, but everyone kept telling me it's bigger than this, you know, it's mm-hmm. bigger than this. And so, um, at one point, I remember my brother flat out telling me, "Like, hey, you know, growing up where we we were, where we were, there were a ton of people who had a hustle, like some type of hustle, some type of, you know, skill that they were working through." And he told me flat out, "Like, hey, school is your hustle," and it changed my dynamic. And so instead of thinking that, "Hey, I got to go to school in order to play basketball," I have to play basketball in order to go to school. Uh-huh. And so I continue to do. You know, work out and do well in basketball, but the main thing for me was how can I work these brain muscles so that I can <laughs> continue to to really be successful here. And so I got into tutoring, I got into student council, um, and really, the more people I, like you said, identified these strengths, I, you know, it's one of those where I, you know, never want to be the last to know, but in my case, I was always the last to know that, you know, you actually have the skills to do this. And so for me, whenever they would empower me with these things, I just take it like, okay, well, if you think I can do it, let's go do it. And then the more I, you know, get into it, I realize that there's so many different things that are happening, um, that I just, I just needed to lean into them. You know, talking about going to college when I was actually in college, uh, I was getting toward the, um, I'd say the end of my, my junior year and, uh, there's about three different mentors I had that pulled me aside and said, hey, um, what are you what are you thinking about after college? And, and to me, I was like, I'm not finished yet. And they're like, no, <laughs> it starts right now. Yeah. And and again, that was one of those those pivotal moments, because at that point, all I've been thinking about was graduation, not what happens after that. And so when they start telling me about the different some, you know, some different career tracks that, again, I had no idea existed. Um, it, it really opened my eyes up to some things of these are are possible areas that I could go in. And I had no idea that they were even a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very important statement. It starts now. And I think a lot of times, especially for young business leaders, especially Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this in college, which there are some that do so you can't think as graduation as being like the goal and the accomplishment that's, that's part of it. And yes, you had to like in high school. Yes, that is the goal. But when you're in college, you're actually working towards something and it's not completing class. It's not completing and getting that piece of paperwork. Because what I found too, in, in in my college journey is I got the piece of paper and I just expected there to be all these jobs there for me. <laughs> and uh, my wake up call was when I went and applied for one of these jobs. And I realized that like, I could have been doing stuff in college to mm-hmm. like prepare myself for the workforce. And I didn't. And so yeah. when I got to that first interview and those first, uh, aptitude tests and everything else. I was, uh, I was a little unqualified, uh, to say the least. And I, for me, it was a huge wake up was Like, man, I just graduated from all these classes, got a's like was top of my class, but in the real world, I didn't realize yeah. that college was teaching me how to learn yeah. as opposed to preparing me for the actual job itself. And so that was, that was a huge thing. But One of the things that I really wanted to also kind of clue into what you were saying is that confidence that people, when they were seeing that stuff, and that confidence that built inside of you. And I think that that helped give you the courage uh, and the drive to keep pursuing that stuff because if you hadn't have had that confidence and you hadn't had that drive, you probably wouldn't have continued to pursue those things. Mm -hmm. And that circles back to probably the most important thing, especially when we're talking about uh, us now in, in the roles that we serve the power that you have with your words to that next generation of oh, leaders is so important yeah. and, and, and what that means. And, and your, I think your story is a, is a testament to, you know, these people were seeing stuff in you, but they were actually taking the step to tell you, encourage mm-hmm. you and yeah. motivate you to go after it.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's so true that, that the power of life and death lies within the tongue. Yeah. You know, if, if you're speaking life to someone speaking into their, their assets, like telling them where they're valuable, telling them how you see this play out, giving those specific examples, it does more for people than you could ever give them with the negative criticism, mainly because people want to get better. But if people know exactly where they're already really strong at, then you can strengthen those. You know, we used to use the five, um, we used to use uh with our students all the time at OU. And what it is, is it gives you these natural things that you're good at, these five things. And so if you think about it, whenever you're you're working out or whenever you're you're trying to you know really keen in and master something, if you can T-Rex that thing, and by T-Rex I mean get really short arms and a really big bite and go really deep on just <laughs> those five things, then you become so much stronger in those. As opposed to trying to figure out how can I make myself stronger in these areas where I'm not that good, you will need to work in those. But it come it becomes so much you become so much stronger in these things that you're good at. And then you know what you need to, um, what type of people you need to surround yourself with in order to make a more complete team.
0: Yeah, I'm a big proponent of finding out what those strengths are early. Like, I wish that was a high school course. I wish that was oh, something yeah. that when you're even getting into college, like, because a lot of times in college, you, you, you. You almost get guided into a degree mm-hmm. of some kind, mm-hmm. but you're. It, I feel like you're just picking something on a menu. Sometimes you're just like, well, <laughs> let, me, let me let me let me let me see what this is, and at a board. You don't you don't really have a very educated guide to what you're gonna do. And if you did a strength finders and you really kind of dug down and figured out like man, I really like working with people or man, I really like numbers or, mm-hmm. or man, I really like, uh, just, I like science and, and the experiments that are, and, and just, you know, problem solving. And you can really dial down into that and figure out which careers are actually going to be things that like just completely motivate you to dive mm-hmm. and take that big bite. Man, yeah. co- I think you would have a lot more people change majors less than college <laughs> yeah. and maybe even graduate yeah, college yeah. than people that would have just jumped in and said, well, I'm just going to go to college."
1: Well, yeah, and that's a that was a big piece of it. I think, but the when I was there, I was you know I was able to get into so many different things, whether it's through mentorship, through friends, or just really being curious about things. It's like you said, I I really zo- zoomed in on the idea that this is more about this journey than the destination that I'm going to arrive in. Of mm-hmm. course, I did it maybe midway through, but I really zoomed in on that. And so by the time I graduated, because I was so focused on the journey. Um, my sister actually went and got an associate's degree because of what I was doing. Awesome. And then my mom actually went and got an associate's degree because of what I was doing. Um, and my younger sister went and got a nursing degree because of what I was doing. And it was, it was just because of this journey, you know, when I graduated and I told them I was going to you know graduate school, they were like, you just went to school for this long. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm, I'm very, I want to learn about these other things. And this is an area that I'm interested in. I can see myself having a career in. Um, But can it? Cause you never know who's paying attention to you. You know, I say these things often, uh, you just, you have no idea what the ripples of your, your decision to follow, you know, a passion is going to be. And before you know it, people are telling you like, Hey, I came over here and did this thing that I thought I couldn't do because I watched you do something over there.
0: I'm so glad you said that. That was actually one of the reasons that I started this podcast. Uh, I for the longest time felt that, who wants to listen to a guy like me? Like I've gone out there and like, I've done certain things, but there's like greater people out there that are out there Mm -hmm. accomplishing like these amazing things like Jim Rohn and John Maxwell and uh, Tony Robbins. Like those are the guys that you need to listen to. Uh, Not me, but then as I was kind of going through, it was like, I realized that maybe I was a little bit closer to some of the the things that people were going through in life. And so I could mm-hmm. provide maybe a little bit more relevant path or, or my journey was a little bit more unique than others. And I can share that and I can help other people share that thing. So never feel like, the things that you're doing are just mutually exclusive to you. Oh yeah, Like you said, you never know who's paying attention. And hopefully Mm -hmm. because of those things, you're going to inspire other people. And and like you said, you inspired your sister, you inspired your mother. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, now you have all these different people who have, they have more hope in what they are going to do and more drive than they've ever had before.
1: Yeah. And that's been, you know, that's been one of the things I take a lot of pride in. It's just the idea that my journey has inspired someone enough that they would consider it a pivotal shift in their journey that our cross, our path crossed. You know, my niece tells me often uh, that she doesn't know exactly how she's going to do it, but she's like, "I'm going to be like you, Uncle Brandon." And so hey. she she uh, graduated from Rogers and is at OU now, uh, and I I couldn't be more happy for her. It's it's really exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So excited for that. Uh, and then also in the professional realm, you know, that's that's one of the reasons I, I think I've, you know, I find myself in in some of the roles that I've been in. And it's mainly because um, the impact that we're able to have, you know, of course, like we have to perform whenever we get into the, the roles, but the impact we're able to have on the broader community are so significant. You know, we talk about, you know, being on Mayor Bynum's staff, you know, as we were we were there taking our, taking our photos. I'll I'll never forget the first time. He did a really great job by the way of setting it up to where no one really knew who was on our staff. You know, I had come on board during the transition and I still only knew two people (laughs) until (laughs) the day of our photo shoot. (laughs) And so even there, you know, after that photo came out, you know, you just see this young, diverse staff, the city, the way the city reacted, like you just, you just knew that there was a bigger purpose there.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we kind of like blazed right through my second question and, uh, <laughs> no, it's cool. It's like, like we, I think I just like, we knew we were going to talk about it, but it was one of those things where, uh, cause I just want to say it cause it's a really good question, but, um, you know, what are some things we can do to, to encourage that next generation to dream bigger than what they currently can see or, ima- or imagine? And I think we talked about it is we never know who's watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to when we were talking to, I th- what was his name Rocky over at uh, yeah, the. Ma- yeah, yeah, Rocky maybe. Bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was talking about um, how, like, these kids they, they can only dream so much because they don't know what's possible and they have to expand
1: yeah, the, the yeah. realm
0: of their dreams. And I feel like even you and your, your family, you've kind of done that, but what are some other things that we can do to help, uh, help, help that next generation dream bigger?
1: Well, I think there's one, not being afraid to, to share the process. You know, we talk a lot about want to be seen, you know, people want to be seen sometimes as the final product because you can't be afraid to share the process. And so whether it's difficult, whether it's ugly, <laughs> yeah. whether it's, whether it's nice, you know, those up moments, you know, those are going to be great victory moments that we should share. But even the defeats, like, you know, not being afraid to share those, because when you share them, it demystifies it in a way that someone who has never seen the, the this process or they're, and they, they're afraid of that goal, you know, it's very intimidating. They're no longer intimidated by the process. At least they know to expect some type of hurdles. They know what these hurdles may look like. I think that's a a big way. Um, I think also not being afraid to leave. You know, One of the things that my family was completely thrown off by and others are thrown off by it now that I'm back in Tulsa. But the fact that I left Tulsa, I think that was so huge because there's so many different, again, there's so many different things out there to see, so many different things to experience, so many different perspectives to really start to have some type of understanding on. And you bring those back to whether that's Tulsa or you take those to the next place you go to, you're giving people hope. Yeah, You're showing people uh, you can go, you can experience these things. I just recently finished Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight. And he talks about before starting even to dive into his you know crazy idea with uh, selling shoes and changing the world through sneakers, uh, really just the idea of traveling the world. And he just got all of this different perspective. And throughout the book, he uses it everywhere. And so for me, uh, even now when I travel, we just recently – had a a wedding weekend, you know, we went to a wedding in Houston, and then a wedding in Dallas, but even just going to those uh, places, you know, experiencing those cultures, went to a traditional Nigerian wedding, had never done that before, Um, but just being able to experience that now gives me a broader perspective, as well as understanding, you know, of someone else's journey.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome, well, I love how you're talking about demystifying the journey or the journey because I think that's I think something that we always look at is we always look at people's highlight reels. we look at the successes yeah. that they've had and the roles that they're in, and they're like, man, they've done x, y and z um, but they don't know the 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 challenges behind it has has there been like a kind of a monumental point in in your journey where you were just man, like you were just kind of really struggling and you were able to find a way through it
1: Oh, i I'd definitely say there's been a couple you know um just <laughs> so many. <laughs> There's just so many. Uh I'd say one of the 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 bigger ones um you know here I here I am and I was I was a student life at uh, assistant director at OU and uh you know I'm connecting all these people that's that's one of my strengths uh when we talk about strengths finder is yeah. winning over others and uh connectivity. And so here I am connecting all these people but what I'm what I'm noticing is like, I'm the conduit. Like if I'm not there, then it's not really happening. And so what I, what one of the struggles was, is I couldn't do that. You know, I, I'm i doing my best to be everything I can for these students. And then I have this pitiful moment with uh, my supervisor at the time. We do this, we did this one word for the year kind of mantra. And my word was enough. You know, that year I chose the word enough. And I said, I didn't want to be too much. I didn't want to be too little. I wanted to be just enough for the people that I'm serving, um, And so I completely shifted my office. You know, it went from being a a desk kind of in the middle and, you know, two chairs on one side, my chair on the other side. And so I moved the desk against the wall and I just turned it into a conversation nook. And I just had so many different people, you know, just inviting them in to have conversations. Um, And it was was this great kind of organic thing. Sometimes I'd leave the office and come back and there were like 12 people in my office having a conversation. And I just... (laughs) I just sit at the table outside just working because i didn't want to break up the conversation that was happening um but i'd say even with all that connection there was a misstep and that year the uh sae video came out at ou i don't know if you remember that Uh, uh, yeah yeah there was this very difficult video uh using racial slurs you know oh yeah and so for me i had been such a conduit on campus and uh it was it was such a struggle because at this point, everyone was afraid to talk. You know, yeah. no, one, no one really wanted to get out there and get in front of it. And so um, just really navigating those. And what I, what I found from the situation we, uh, after going through it all and handling it all is that, yes, you may be on a very high upswing. But when the other foot drops, you have to be ready for that, too. Yeah. And so here I was connecting all these people. We're having great strides on campus with connecting everyone, both students, staff, faculty, and staff. And then this, the other shoe drops. And just like everyone was kind of coming to me, or I was there for them in that moment. I had to learn that in that moment as well, when the other shoe dropped, I had to be there and ready as well.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, so,
1: and so for me, it. it and it, they're not the same. So it wasn't like I, I could just be there and you know, I had to be the, you know, the happy-go-lucky. It was, I had to be the somber, I had to be the reality, I had to be the gut check for some people. And then in those moments, I had to realize that some voices are more important than my own. And so when it came to cameras or interviews, I made sure that the students were the only ones talking. Yeah, uh, I, I never did get on in, in front of any type of camera or, or do any interviews. Um, if someone wanted to come in and um, negotiate some things, you know, how the, stu- the student groups were working together, they used my office for that as well. Um, we did that. Um, and I would say afterwards, it was one of those things that I realized that it's, I'm a very optimistic person. And so you can be optimistic. You can have these great, great thoughts, great outlooks, but you have to be prepared for the other foot to drop.
0: Oh man! And when it well... does,
1: you have to be ready to react.
0: I think that's one of those things that you, that when you kind of work to a certain point and everything's going great, I think that's where you get comfortable and you, you start to, uh, you start to just kind of relax in that environment. And I think that one of the things that I'm even challenging myself on is if I'm too comfortable, it means that I'm missing something. Like I need mm-hmm. to be pushing, I have to constantly yeah. be pushing myself. That uncomfortability is something that is going to really sustain me in the mm-hmm. next phase. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's building towards that. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you had, all of those great things going on with like a lot of conversation going on. Like you're sitting there just doing the old pat on the back, like, Hey man, this is this, (laughs) we are flowing here. And then all of a sudden, like everything changes just like that. And you realize, you know what, maybe I couldn't have uh, foreseen this specific thing, but there are things that we could have done to maybe be a little bit more proactive with that stuff. And Mm -hmm. so now it's, it's a good lesson, right? Like we can really challenge ourselves and, and, you know, like, Hey man, if we're working in this direction, everything's going great. There always is another side to it. It's, you know, when we talk about the journey of life, there is ups and there is downs, and it's really how you react to those. Mm-hmm. that's really going to propel you in the in the direction either back up or back down. So you can, you can always work along in, in that direction, but man, thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that it's not easy to, to really talk about yeah. like the, the struggles that you have, yeah. but
1: that, uh, one was a, that one was a tough one. Um, I mean, and then I can think to one of the, uh, another one it was it was still tough for me. It was it was one of the, it, was, it was a little lighter, you know, so I graduated from college, from high school, um moved into a dorm room and freaked out. You know, I had this just pivotal moment of just complete imposter syndrome. like, what am I doing on this college campus? I moved in early um, because I was doing a a student work study program to pay for my residence hall and um my uh, cafeteria bills and things like that. and mm-hmm. I completely freaked out. So I called the, the, my go-to people, I called my parents Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, my mom was like, Hey, you know, how's it going? And before I could even really get it out, she stops me and she says, I can't believe you're, you're there. I'm so excited. And this is going to be so good. And she's just talking about how proud of me she is. And my dad gets on the phone and he says, you know, you've exceeded every expectation that I had for you. And in that moment i couldn't complain you know i couldn't <laughs> I, all i could i i literally took that moment uh i'll never forget i hung up the phone and i was like okay so i've exceeded every expectation that my dad has had for me my mom is completely overjoyed right now and i started making the list and i was like what have i done like trying to retrace my stuff so i can get you know get it going and at the end of the list the only thing i could get to was like you moved into a dorm room <laughs> <laughs> And it was this—it was this weird, uh, again, paradigm shift. But it was like you moved into a dorm room, and I was like, okay, that was step one. Step, step two. Like, what can I do next? And so I start to slowly put this thing together. And one of the patterns I've always had across my life is, uh, you know, I don't know what to do, but I know what not to do. And so my brother has always talked with me at that with that as well. One time we joked, and I told him he's my anti-role model. And so whatever he did, I made sure not to do that. And so,
0: <laughs> Does he know this? Yeah, he does. We, we've <laughs> had some
1: conversation. Around it. But he, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, okay. And, and I don't know what to do, but I know what not to do. So I'm keeping myself calm. And at this point, um, the mentors that I have were back in Tulsa and I was here in Norman. So I was like, okay, find mentors. And so I immediately started looking for who has this thing figured out. From a, and it was really you know I was looking for for staff or faculty, but what I ended up coming across was students, you know my my peers, who weren't as freaked out as I was, because they had some sort of plan, and that became kind of my my go to group. And even to this day, we're still really close. You know, they were in my wedding. You know, I was in in the in some of their weddings and whatnot. But then also we still share like really big life moments. And I found getting, getting over, you know, this hill wasn't something that I was going to do by myself. And so I found, you know, being able to connect with those people and have those, those friends in your corner, it's, it's, it's life changing.
0: Well, first of all, I think it's awesome that you kind of went through that process because there's a couple of things in there that I think are, like like what we talk about here on the podcast, some of those clues that successfully is behind it, and I think that first one was you sat down and you made a list, yeah. and I, and and I what I really love about that was is you actually took that fear and that freak out moment because your imagination was just going wild, like it was just it was looking at all the possible scenarios of what could go wrong or you know why you shouldn't be there or whatever else, and then you really just kind of basically said, all right, I'm going to throw all this out. None of this is, none of this is true. Like what what are the Mm -hmm. facts? And you went right to the facts. And I tell you what, there is truth in numbers. There is truth in the facts. And when you look at those things, it disarms your fear. Your fear no longer has a place to really go with it because you can go right back to that and say, well, all I've done is moved into this dorm room. That's that's literally the only thing I've done. So when it comes to all this other stuff, like that hasn't even happened yet. And so Like yeah. <laughs> what? 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 What productivity is going to happen from me freaking out by all this stuff? And and it's mm-hmm. I think it's awesome that you talked about seeking out mentors when you were oh, yeah. in that new place. I mean, that right there is it, 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 could you have done it without that? Yes, but I think what you did is you accelerated that process. Mm-hmm. to where you're able to be that much more successful that much more quickly and i think that's the situation that i think a lot of people come into is like when well, they start a new job or they start a new career or they they are are starting in a new town or a city and they just they get in there and they they get overwhelmed so quickly and i think mm-hmm. that you know having that uh that that courage to be vulnerable and say, listen, I need some people in my life and that I can kind of share some of these things that I'm going through. Um, I think that's what the the key takeaway is. Cause when you have that, you have that ability to accelerate that process, to really get back into that, that point where you're, you're more more dialed in and you're able to be successful as opposed to just trying to work through the day to day and just try to get through the day.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> completely agree. Um, and then also we, we, like you saying, we learn, we learn through others. So when, mm-hmm. when they're sharing their stories with with me or, you know, I'm able to like talk now and share my story, like someone's learning from that about something they're going through right now.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I, and, I and I think that's what you talked about before is you kind of demystify it a little bit. You kind of take mm-hmm. away that. And, and, and that's what, these stories are is those, those conversations with those mentors and conversations with those friends that you have, you do that kind of stuff. And it makes that much bigger difference, uh, in, in your journey, because now, you know, Hey, this is something that somebody else went through and they got through it. And this is how they got through it. When I'm in that situation, I can do those same kinds of things. And and that kind of leads to my next question. And and, and as we are kind of going through all this is, you know, when you're looking at your life experiences, um, there was a lot of things kind of stacked against you. Um, And a lot of times people kind of respond to that two different ways. One of them is, uh, well, this is the reason that I am what I am. And on the other side of it is they view it as this is my motivation to get out of here. This is my motivation to, to propel myself forward, to be the first in a lot of stuff. And it seems like it's really easy to choose the first path. This is the reason that I'm here. Yeah. But if you choose yeah. the motivational path of why I want to get to that next next step, mm-hmm. what what are some of those things that people can do to kind of p- propel themselves to that? I'm not going to make an ex- or use uh, my background or whatever else as an excuse, and use it as motivation instead.
1: It may sound cliche, but I, I think the idea of service, you know, at the at of, through that, and so. I think to a conversation I had with my father-in-law, who's one of my mentors as well. Um, But he works in telecommunications. He's talked about, you know, how he's climbed this this corporate ladder, if you will. And he's, you know, he went at one point to, he went from just kind of district director, regional director, to like a property um, or a province director. Um, And he was at a point to where he could have cruised it out and retired there. And we were having a conversation and he's he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm 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 doing this, but I'm starting to see the you know the next level's not that far away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Well, you know, why would you why would you do something like that? You know, you're in this great place here. And he said, you know, I am fine financially, my family's taken care of. Um personally, I've achieved more than I ever thought I would in my life. You know, he came from a very similar background then uh as I did. And uh, he said, but I know there's some people who will be coming up or that are looking at me right now, and I want them to dream a little bit bigger. And yeah. so he's like, me taking these things on is not for the headache that it comes for. I want to take this headache and I want to turn it into something that someone else is not going to have to deal with this later. They're going to be yeah. able to make this to to go even higher than I, I did. And so he became the first uh one of the first uh, minority vice presidents of the company that he was working for, Nice. Uh, stayed in that role for about two, three years and then went to become a vice president of a bigger company. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I asked him, you know, the same thing, whenever he was switching companies, he said it was, you know, they never had a a minority vice president in this company that I'm going to work for. And he's like, that's, that's really attractive to me. Yeah, And so I'd say just remembering that some of these things, you know, I I freaked out, uh, on my way through a lot of things. Um, but when we talk about those people who were looking at you, it becomes, it becomes validating for them. And then for you, it becomes a sense of pride that these things that I thought would, would break me are now behind me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where, uh, that's where we're talking about endurance and mm-hmm. endurance is only gained by pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone. But yeah. when, when you actually get to that point, that endurance carries you through to realms that you never would have thought that you could have achieved for yourself.
1: Yeah. Me and a couple of my buddies have this saying that we always say, uh, you know, it's to become uncomfortable, become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You just have to you know, make that the new norm, and it was one, two guys are. Uh, we still call them uh, gym rats, and so <laughs> they they love it. And and one of the things is, I was working out with them, um, and I was just like, man, you know, I'm I get so sore, and it makes me want to turn around. And he said, no, I get addicted to being sore. I want <laughs> to be sore. He's like, if I'm not sore, that means I'm not doing something that's making me grow. And He's I gonna love that, being old. <laughs> yeah, so I took, that, I took that from the the gym perspective, and that's one of the things that I really try to look at in really just life, you know, and kind of all things. If I'm not doing things that make me uncomfortable, um, that give me a little bit of a, a sore feeling, then I might not be doing things that are that are prime for me. Um, me and like as we we're talking about going back to your original question, but if I can go through this and I can be sore, then that's more than anything, giving me a story, giving me a perspective, um, and as well as making a way for someone else to come come behind me. You know, we talk about the path less less taken, less traveled, mm-hmm. um, and it really does make all the difference. You know, you can go through this well paved street that's going to take you to exactly where you know others have gone, or you can turn and you can blaze a trail that people might a lot of people might not follow, but those that do i really going to be appreciative of you taking it.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that's so awesome. Thank you for 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 sharing that. That's uh, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's mm-hmm. definitely a mantra that a lot of leaders need to, to really tie into and, and tap into because I think when they feel that uncomfortability, then they find like a little bit of peace, like, okay, I'm where I need to be right now. Yeah. And uh, it'll help them uh, really power through that because, like you said, when you have those mentors and you have those people that are – kind of showing you that that uncomfortability is something that is going to lead them to that next level, that that's going to carry them through whatever they're going through. I think that that's uh, man that that's just gold right there, but I want to talk a little bit about kind of everything leading up to the role that you're in today. So now you're working with the George Kaiser Family Foundation. that's mm-hmm. you know that's a that's a really cool opportunity. You got to work directly with with the mayor on his staff. and so you've you've kind of come from a diverse background and 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 through yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, I think sometimes people look at their life's journey and they look back at it and sometimes they resent it sometimes they 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 just they don't like what what it's taken to get to where they are. But on the other side of that, I think is you can turn back and you can look at that experience and then that you can relate that to kind of everybody else moving forward. So how have you kind of used your life experience and the things that you've gone through in the roles that you have today? Because that's almost really made you uniquely qualified for some of the things that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Um, So I'd say um, on one part of it is when we look at asset based people um, and not so much of job descriptions. I think that's one strength. I think that will that's one thing that will make everyone stronger uh, when it comes to our workforce. And so when it came to really, you know, using my my background, my perspectives, and really the the different interactions that I've had that have made me into the person I am into these roles, the the big thing was authenticity. I'd say that's the one that you can't fake it. You know, people can tell if you're authentic, and then the other piece of it is a certain level of um, transparency. I worked for worked with a uh, an architecture and engineering firm for a little bit, and uh, I was doing some recruiting and had to have a little bit of tough conversations as well in that. Um, but one of the the chief financial officer I reported to, you, he told me I was the best at delivering bad news, <laughs> and that if he was, he said if I'm ever fired please be the one to deliver it to me because he's <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, you have a way of delivering it. And then like figuring out, okay, what's the silver lining here. Um, yeah. And so i say that authenticity is, is it's very important. And so throughout, you know, my, my career, one of the things that I, I really have kind of keyed in on is that you can be qualified. Um, you can have, the credentials and the experience. Um, But you have to have the trust Mm -hmm. in order to be successful. And so we talk sometimes about like, progress only moves at the speed of trust. And so because I'm authentic, I think that's where I'm able to build trust um, quicker. But then again, I'm also able to build that trust with those that I'm working with those that I'm working for, but then also with those who I'm serving. And so being on being, even being approached and, and working within the mayor staff was, was something that again, I'd, I'd never seen that happening in my life. Um, I would venture as, as far as i say, I had never been to city hall before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I still have never been to city hall. So <laughs> don't we'll feel to too bad that. about that. Yeah.
1: We'll have to change that. I had never been to city hall. And so for my first time to be coming into city hall, I was, going to the office that was essentially in charge of the entire operation. Um, You know, one of the first things I did was told, was started to talk with people again, you try to find those people who are doing things, know what they're doing around here. And so I went any employee conversation I could be in uh, any type of, um, you know, any type of employee conversation, any type of questions employees had. like I wanted to be that person. And so, um, just so happened that the mayor wanted me to be that person as well yeah and and so uh I I just I was authentic with them I was transparent in every way that I could be without you know sharing sensitive information and they appreciated and 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 sought it out and so it became my uh kind (laughs) of so one day I, I was running an errand uh for the mayor with where we were I was within city hall um and I passed the employee, stopped, said hello to them, had a brief conversation. When I walked away, I was still in earshot and heard another employee tell uh, one of the employees that, hey, that's the mayor's chief of customer service. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I wore like a badge of honor, you know, hearing that that's the way the employees were describing me to other people. Um, because they were, you know, they are, you know, the experts in, in what they're doing. We're just there to try to help out systematically with the direction where, and where we're trying to go as an organization and with the city um that was a huge one but that authenticity piece you know amongst my own uh colleagues as well within the mayor's office it just allowed for team building a lot faster um and it was it was one of those things where you know you don't think of it as a strength at the time um but you do notice big shifts in what's going on when you're around and when you're able to connect people who really should be connected. That's awesome.
0: Well, man, I don't know if you realize this, but we've we've gone almost an hour here. So I wanna be respectful of okay. your time, but uh, yeah. I always give my guests a, a, an opportunity to speak directly to the audience, which I think you've done to some capacity, but I always give you an opportunity to kind of give your message to young business leaders. So with that, Brandon, what is your message to young business leaders?
1: Um, my message for young business leaders is to be, Bolder than you think, bold. You have to go out and. <clears throat> I'm I'm a young business leader myself. I would say, <laughs> uh, and and one of the things I've noticed is like the changes that we're seeking are going to take some bold actions, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be us that that have to make them now. Um, whether that is looking at the way that you're interacting with people, um, whether that's changing the direction that you typically go and just taking an alternative route, whether that's intentionally um, asking people who you hardly ever talk to to go grab a coffee or grab a water or go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Um, But just being bold in those things, you know, there's so many studies out now that show that we've, worked 30 years you know i say we as a country you know we've we've worked 30 years on these things or even as a at a municipal level we've worked 20 years on something or 10 years on something and we see progress um but there's one study in particular that i'm thinking of that followed african-american males over the span of 35 years um and they did everything that we say needs to happen, you know, they attained education, um, they got good paying jobs, you know, uh, they were buying homes and things like that, but the trajectory of their lives and of communities did not change at all. Mm. And so to some people they take that and say that 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 means that there's nothing that we can do. But I take that as we just haven't been bold enough. You know, there's certain limitations, there's certain hesitations that we have about these things And we just have to go out there and be extremely bold. I think back to, uh, I love Batman, (laughs) mainly because he doesn't have (laughs) any superpowers. You know, he's just rich and smart. Um, Yeah. But there's a scene in uh, The Dark Knight where he has to, he's trying to escape this prison. And they tell him the only person who's escaped didn't use this safety rope. Everyone who jumps with a safety rope never makes it. And that's what I mean by being bold. There's a certain safety rope that we all wear in business and our personal lives when we're looking at um, looking at different things, and we have to take that safety rope off in order to really achieve these things that we want to achieve,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Take off the safety rope, audience. I love that. Yes.
1: <laughs> Be bold, take off that safety rope. You're gonna make it. well, Brandon, thank you. It.
0: Thank you for taking the time to to speak to my audience and to to get to know me, man. I, I really enjoy all of our conversations. I look forward to yeah, getting, getting to know you more here in the future. But, uh, man, audience, listen to this podcast over and over again. There's so many good things in here uh, that Brandon has shared, from uh, seeking out mentors to to being bold, to uh, just just knowing the power of words that you have uh, in that next generation, in, in the people that you're leading, and in the people, uh, and, and even in the actions that you're doing. Just the, the the you never know who's watching in the journey that you're on. So, with that, listeners, remember: choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young Businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.